This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show, live from Allegiant Stadium, the site of the 97th Annual Shrine Bowl. It kicks off at 5 p.m. Doors open up at 3.30. So if you're making your way towards Allegiant Stadium, be safe out there on the road, and I'll see you in a matter of minutes and get ready for a fantastic all-star event here at Allegiant Stadium. Right now, though, to kick off hour number two of the show, we have Ken Rogers. He's one of the directors from the Tuck Rule, and Raider Nation doesn't have to be reminded about the Tuck Rule, doesn't have to be educated on what the Tuck Rule is, but Ken, we do appreciate your uh, time this afternoon look forward to the 30 on february 6th on espn just to see how yourself and nick break it down and kind of put it all together with the help of charles woodson and tom brady but like i said raider nation knows all about the tuck rule more than they want to know about the tuck rule but what were your thoughts as you guys were going into this project and decided hey this is important we need to put this thing together what were your initial thoughts you know the initial thoughts were after 20 years, it's time to look at this play through just a little bit different of lens. Um, you know, it changed a lot more than that game. Mm-hmm. And while at the time it seemed like a, a play that um, was going to be the most controversial play, maybe besides the immaculate reception, right? Right. Uh, but one of the top two probably in NFL history, the results of that, if you think about what happened to the Raiders franchise, what happened to the Patriots franchise, when actually they were on completely different paths, um, and what happened to the two men involved, um, right. Tom Brady and Charles Woodson. Tom Brady, you know, second-year starter, backup, comes in, He's playing his first playoff game. Expectations are low. Charles comes out of college as the Heisman Trophy winner, first-round pick. You know, all the chips were over on the Raiders' side. And this millisecond of time and this millimeter of difference really changed everything, (laughs) as you know. Right. Um, And and it just feels like, uh, you know, it's happenstance that that Tom Brady retired this week, but – 20 years later, the greatest player to ever play, probably, it all started that night. Right. And it all started at that millisecond. And you look at Marvel movies, and they're doing all this stuff with the, with the multiverse and, and alter, alternate realities and stuff. And we explore that in this film of what would have happened if it went the other way? Because that thought process is a, is really amazing to think about. So much NFL history would have changed if it went the other way, not just that game. No, you're right about that, and we talk about it all the time. I mean, from John Gruden, that was his last coach game with the Raiders the first time. You know, he probably sticks around. Right. I mean, the Raiders move on. Obviously, the Patriots don't. There's, Yeah, we've gone through the laundry list of things that could have been different, would have been different, should have been different if that had been called the other way. Now, Charles Woodson and Tom Brady, obviously, they were the two guys involved in it, and on the trailer – they were, you know, looking like they were having a little playful time. And, you know, obviously they were debating. But putting this thing together, did it ever get a little bit 
I don't want to say intense, but did it get a little bit, uh, you know, a little, well, intense? A hundred percent. You don't have to worry about Charles or anyone from the Raiders expressing their opinion on the, on the tuck rule. You know, you never have, and right. you probably never will. But what's interesting is that these two guys, Charles and Tom, who are Hall of Famers, obviously, uh, maybe the best to play their positions in the history of the game, they had been friends five years earlier when they met as freshmen at University of Michigan. And this moment changed everything. And 20 years later, until we started rolling the cameras, they had never spoken about that play together. Wow. Wow. Because Charles just couldn't bear to bring it up. Yeah. (laughs) And Tom, you know, you don't want to bring it up to your buddy. Like, hey, remember that time where... I be you know I, right. I went on and won a Super Bowl and became me and you lost that game. I mean you don't want to bring that up. So this was really a real time like therapy session between the two of them. It allowed them to to make peace with that moment together. Wow, that's amazing. I mean that's that's a that's a nugget right there. I mean knowing that they didn't talk about it until the camera started rolling and you know it's funny uh, Ken I was going to ask you what do you feel like was one of your biggest surprises when you guys were putting this thing together, but I, I would think that that has to rank really high up there. It was really high, and, I, you know, I think a lot of people, unfortunately for Raiders fans, will forget um, the biggest surprise I had, which was how many plays could have ended the game before the tuck roll. Right. Uh, God, I hate bringing that up. But, <laughs> it's true. You know, it's the, true. Pr- the previous drive, a lot of people remember that Zach Crockett was stopped on third and one. And had he just gotten that one yard, the Raiders would have been able to kneel and finish the game uh, with a victory. And so for the Patriots' point of view, they're like, well, why didn't you get the yard? I mean, don't complain about the tuck rule. Get the yard. But hardly anyone remembers that then they punted to the Patriots. Troy Brown is returning the ball and fumbles. And... Patriots recover. Mm. And it's yet another moment where just before the tuck rule, there's this, oh, my gosh, that play right there could have changed everything. Just the fumble. And we'd be talking about Troy Brown's fumble. But because this play was so controversial, it wipes out anything that happened in the game beforehand. You know, every game, this is Bill Belichick's point of view when we interviewed him for the film is, yeah, you know, there's a lot of plays in the game that decide the game. That's not that's not just the tuck rule. We had to go down the field. We had to make the greatest kick in the history of the NFL. We had to win the coin toss, which we were lucky enough to get. We had to drive down the field. We had to kick another field goal. It, tuck rule didn't decide the game. But because it was so controversial, no one will ever remember anything else. No. No, no. Play, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right because you, I, I could tell you exactly where I was when the play actually happened and all of a sudden it went to review. I could tell you exactly what I was doing at that moment, but every other play that you just mentioned, I can't remember exactly what I was doing at that time. You know what I mean? And that's, <laughs> that's, that's right to your point right there is that nobody remembers any other part of the game except for that part right there, the tuck rule, which ultimately just ends up being, you know, uh, one of the one of the 
craziest calls, and depending on what team you're a fan of, uh, how you feel about it. But I know how angry I was about it when when it happened and they reversed that call. I just I I couldn't believe it as as none of Raider Nation could believe. Again, we're talking with Ken Rogers, uh, director, one of the directors of the Tuck Rule. February sixth, ESPN thirty for thirty should be a lot of fun. So what is what is something what well you mentioned you interviewed a lot of people who who are a couple of people outside of Charles Woodson, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick that that you interviewed that are that really stood out to you Well Mark Davis commenting on it is uh as as you could predict is um in, incredibly um Davis like <laughs> nice. um in his, in his nice. uh, feelings towards towards the play um so he he of course was was really great and eric allen um i think Mm. really stands out because uh not a lot of people know this but um when the previous play before the tuck rule went out of bounds eric allen was standing on the sideline and heard the play call go from charlie weiss to tom brady so they had the play they knew what was going to happen that's how charles got so free I mean, everything went the Raiders' way until it got overturned. And that's why, to me, the biggest interview we got, aside from Tom and Charles sitting down, was Walt Coleman. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're going to want to watch Walt Coleman. You you might not like him. uh, But (laughs) it it really is, a, 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 I think, a pretty balanced film in that it's pretty clear that the rule – was not the right rule and they were trying to figure out what the rule uh was going to be for years before that and that he feels you know he he wasn't supposed to interpret anything he was just supposed to rule had the ball gotten all the way back to the body or not um and he's pretty clear on that but what what's interesting is that the response you see in the film from everyone else really speaks to the power of sports that everyone, you know, talk radio, TV, ESPN, even all the Patriots that were on the sideline that we interviewed admit, well, yeah, I'm, I mean, we thought it was a fumble. It looked like a fumble. <laughs> right. It was a fumble, right? Yeah. You know, like there's certain things that just make common sense. And that's why this play lives on is even if you argue it was ruled correctly, which I think, you know, Raiders fans may not, but, but, but plenty of people say, okay, it was at least, it was ruled correctly. The rule by spirit means that was a fumble. Everyone can say that was a fumble. And right. so the Raiders and Charles Woodson and everyone who hates that play, they're right. I mean, by spirit, it's very clear it's not an incomplete pass. I mean, just use your eyes. Right, right. And, that's talked about a lot, and it's one of those things where both sides are right, and Charles really, really gives it to Tom. Um, they get so in the weeds, they start talking about other penalties they had. Did Tom trip uh, Greg Beaker? Did Charles hit Tom in the head? You know, unnecessary roughness. I mean, they get so into it. Nice. It's incredible to watch. I'm looking forward to that. That should be a good one. Again, we're talking about the Tuck Rule right now, the 30 for 30 airing on ESPN on, on February 6th. We're talking with Ken Rogers, one of the directors from the film. My man, Damon in the home studio has got a question for you. Yeah, Ken, we have Lincoln Kennedy as a co-host on one of our shows on this station, and he always says there would be no Tom Brady without the Tuck Rule game. Is there anyone that matched? Who had the hottest take about if the outcome of that game would have been different? 
Well, you're talking. You're talking about the right person. We interviewed Lincoln, and uh, he has. He definitely has his viewpoints. I think intercutting his viewpoints with Teddy Bruski's provides some some real fireworks in the show because you know Lincoln's pretty clear that he feels this is the game that made Tom Brady. That he was part of the team that, that created Tom Brady. And that's a strong statement, um, and one that's not wrong. And then you have Teddy who clearly thinks, you know, why didn't you just get the one yard? Or, you know, why didn't you um, move on? And, you know, our coach taught us to let it go and and move on to the next play, and and the Raiders weren't able to do that. And there's some back and forth that I think is pretty clear uh, division of uh, opinion (laughs) on this. And Lincoln is great about it. Uh, Mark Davis is great about it. Eric Allen is great. As I said, Tim Brown has always been great about it. You know, they're very clear on how they feel. And I don't blame them. And they're they're not wrong for feeling that way the rest of their lives. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a fun one. I mean, I, I uh, you know, like I said, I, I know how it uh, how it ends. I, I mentioned it before you even came on. I said it's like the Titanic. We know how the movie ends, but I just want to see how it's put together, right? I just want to see exactly how this shakes out. So I'm very interested to see it coming up on the 6th. And, Ken, before I let you go, uh, how ironic is it that just this week uh, it, it's, it's announced that uh, Josh McDaniels is now the head football coach of the Raiders. <laughs> Obviously, he's coming over from the Patriots, and he says in his press conference one of the first things he told Mark Davis was – it was a fumble. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was such a great answer uh, by Josh, both in the interview and revealing that in the uh, in the media. He he um, he has been really great with NFL films. He, he is really a fantastic uh, person, a fantastic coach, obviously, um, and I think he's learned so much over the last twenty years, uh, both in his time in Denver. Uh, as he's talked about, but but working with Coach Belichick and and the and the Patriots and Tom and all that, I think he's really primed, uh, you know, to to maybe right the wrongs. Um, and wouldn't it be ironic if a guy from New England came and uh, changed the course back to where it was supposed to be and, and led the Raiders to another Super Bowl? That would be quite fitting, and I'm cheering for him. I mean, it really would. And I, the way that you just put that, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, that would just be poetic justice right there. That would be awesome. So uh, good stuff right there, Ken. We're looking forward to seeing the tuck rule on the 6th, 30 for 30 ESPN. You're one of the directors. Nick's the other director. You guys did, a, am sure, a fantastic job if it's anything like what you've been talking about the last 15 minutes. So uh, we definitely appreciate you. Good job, and we look forward to watching it on Sunday. All right, I appreciate you watching, even if it's hate watching. I hope, you, uh, I, hope, I hope you get something out of it. We will. We will. Thank you, Ken. We appreciate you. There he is, Ken Rogers, on Twitter at Ken Rogers NFL. Uh, Nick Muscolo is the other uh, director. Nick Muscolo NFL, you can find him on Twitter as well. Tuck Rule Directors, and I'll tell you, I, I, I didn't know how I was going to feel about that interview. I'm not going to lie to you. When I got the opportunity to, to have Ken on, I, I felt some kind of way about it. It was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this, but let's go ahead, and I don't want to – put my my feelings and i don't want to uh stop my feelings from having a really good interview but uh ken was fantastic and really kind of gave us some nice little peeks behind the curtains and uh some little nuggets that he dropped in there that i really look forward to watching and this is a busy weekend coming up obviously the pro bowl is on the sixth as well on sunday but 
please believe if I don't see it live, DVR will be in effect when it comes to the tuck rule. Many thanks to him. It's 316. We're live at Allegiant Stadium. When we come back, I had an opportunity on uh, Wednesday to talk to Connor and Seth. They're Shriner Bowl, uh, well, they're spokespersons. They were actually patients, and the Shriners and the Shriner Bowl and all the money that it raised has done a lot for both of their lives. You'll hear that conversation next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We've been rolling fast and furious. We sure have. Many thanks to Ken Rogers who joined us in the last segment to talk about the tuck rule. Aaron on Sunday on ESPN. Coming up at 3.30, Daniel Greenberg, Shy Sports Updates. Going to talk a little bit of uh, Champ Kelly, assistant for the Raiders. Also, Sean Desai, former Bears defensive coordinator. Interviewing with the Silver and Black could potentially be their defensive coordinator. I've seen and read a lot of good things about Sean, but since I don't know and I don't want to come on this radio station and act like, oh, this is a great hire or a potential great hire, I want to go and dig deep and actually find out about the person and about the coach. So that's what we do here uh, when we reach out to these different people that cover these guys that know for a fact what they're talking about. So at uh, 3.30, Daniel Greenberg will join us. But right now, want to get into this conversation. I thought it was a, a cool conversation, man. Connor and Seth, they've actually been on Raider Nation Radio 920 before with JT the Brick. But these guys uh, are, are, are patients at Shriners Hospital. Uh, all the great things that Shriners Hospital does for many kids across the country and many families across the country. And the reason why they have this bowl game that – earns them so much money and helps so uh, whenever you have to whenever your 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 child is is being treated by Shriners Hospital you're not worried about the cost you don't have to worry about that because they have it covered because of events like where I'm at today at the Shriners Bowl so Connor and Seth real good dudes they're they're just uh, spokespersons for the Shriners Bowl right now uh, they joined me yesterday at media session here's that conversation we're here at Allegiant Stadium right now. It's the Shriner Bowl Media Day. We're having a lot of fun here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I'm here with Connor and Seth. And, and, and you guys are, well, not not uh, not new guys to the radio station because I know you guys have been on with JT the Brick before who actually just wrapped up his show a little while ago. But what is it like to be out here and, and knowing what Shriners meant to you guys and, and just be a part of this? This has been an amazing week filled with hope and love. I mean, meeting these players, sharing our stories, them sharing their stories, whether it's something different they've overcome to compare to what we've overcome, we all got to overcome something, and it's, it's learned to hear what other people have overcome. Seth, what does it mean to you? It's really awesome to be here representing 1.5 million children, and I can't be grateful enough to be the one representing them, and I hope that I do them a justice, and also the workers and the nurses and the doctors and everyone involved with the whole thing. And Shriners is so special, and then they team up with all these players that are attempting to get to the NFL, and so this is a heck of a showcase. But just to be able to raise the funds that they're able to raise and knowing what it goes to and knowing that you guys have been, you know, recipients, I mean, just how special is that? It's, just, it's really special that, that we get to be a part of this and share our story and to express what this means to us and all the care we've received. It's, this is the least we could do. So, Seth, how much fun have you had this week with some of the players? What were some of the interactions? Anything that stood out to you this week? Yeah, it's been really cool. All these players are awesome to me. I met one guy who was a Kentucky player, and okay. I'm a big Kentucky fan. Nice. Yeah, he put some of the bull rings on my, ring, on my fingers, and it took a picture with him. He was really cool. I mean, awesome <laughs> mate. Awesome guy. Nice, nice. So, uh, Connor, what, what kind of experience have you had that's been a lot of fun? Yeah, I've been I've been bonded with just a couple players. Tanner Connor, uh e- DJ, um, Blank and Ship, these are all great guys. Um, they're fun, personable boys, and we've been playing catch and hanging out. Nice, nice. So uh, are you are you a wide receiver, or what, what's what's your role on the football field? 
I when I played, I used to be a running back in line. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. What, what running backs? What, what kind of running back are you? Are you talking? I mean, who's who's one of your favorite running backs? Uh, probably Walter Payton. I'm a Chicago guy. Ah, oh, Chicago guy. Well, I bet you're happy to be here in Las Vegas. It's a lot warmer, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, with with just all the activities that are going on here, obviously the game is on Thursday, but it's been a whole week of activities, and you're seeing all these guys that a lot of them are going to be playing on Sundays. You know, what is it? What does it kind of mean to be here and then? knowing that some of these guys you're going to see uh, on the next level playing on, on Sundays. Really hope to get to see some of these guys on Sundays. And it'll be hope, I'm hoping that they'll remember us and hopefully spread the word about who we are, what we do, and tell people about a little bit about our stories. Right, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And, again, just uh, having a lot of fun here and, and being able to soak this in and, and being here at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, how, many, how many times have you been to uh, Las Vegas? Uh, this is my second time here. Uh, how, what, so what is going on in Las Vegas for you? What are you doing? Where's the party at? Yeah, I don't know where the party's at. but <laughs> Connor, you, you got this look, Connor, like, yeah, I know where the party is at. I just ain't going to tell you. You're not part of the cool crew. So you, you ain't got into the party yet. No, yes, not yet. Okay. Well, what about you? Have you gotten into the party yet, Seth? Party's always in Connor's room. We always like to hang out in Connor's room. <laughs> I know. That's right. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Hey, you make the party where you want the party to be. But, uh, man, this is, a, a, again, a lot of fun. And, and, of course, the game is tomorrow, and it's $19. The ticket's as low as $19. And, obviously, a lot of uh, funds going to really important important things. It's the Shriners uh, Hospital and everything. So, uh, for anyone who's coming out to the game, what, what are they going to experience? You're just going to see... You're going to see East-West. We're going to have a lot of fun out here. These boys are really personable. We're going to see a great game. It's going to be fun. Any idea who's going to win this game, says East or West? Boy from the East here, I'm calling East. <laughs> Look, I heard a little bit. Connor was like, East, East. You better say East. Don't be messing it up. Don't be messing it up. Nobody's going to go for the West. Not me. Well, someone's got to be right. So what, what happens if what happens if the East doesn't win? Then neither one of you guys are right. Well, me and Seth are like-minded, and we, I think we just know we're right. East, let's go. Always right. Hey, well, okay, there it is. Connor and Seth are always right. They're going East. That's what it is. The Shriners Bowl is happening at Allegiant Stadium. Tomorrow kickoff is at 5 o'clock. Connor, Seth, thank you so much for your guys' time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming out here. There it is right there. Connor and Seth, good dudes right there, man. They were having a lot of fun uh, throwing the football around Allegiant Stadium. That was the other cool thing, man. We're literally walking on the field at Allegiant Stadium, throwing the ball around, uh, you know, just talking amongst the, the players, amongst the, the, the patients. They were doing all kind of different uh, challenges, and, and it was just it was fun. There was dance contests. There was wheelchair competitions. There was all kind of different things that they had going on, different activities that everybody was participating in. So, again, man, lots of fun, and uh, this is just what it is. It is. It's what it's all about. It's about having fun. It's about raising money. And it's also about these young players trying to get their their uh, their name established so they can make it to the next level and get drafted coming up at the end of April. Coming up next, Daniel Greenberg, Shy Sports Updates. He's going to talk to us about Champ Kelly. He's going to talk to us about defensive coordinator Sean Desai and what we should all get to know from both of those guys. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And we are still here at Allegiant Stadium. They're about to open up the doors here so you can see the 97th Annual Shrine Bowl. Uh, If you're making your way here, as I always tell you, Take your time getting here, but enjoy yourself once you arrive. Allegiant Stadium is the site. It kicks off at 5 p.m. this evening. Raider Nation Radio is in the building, Unnecessary Roughness. And right now on the phone lines, very pleased to have Daniel Greenberg from Shy Sports Updates on Twitter, at Shy Sports Updates. And, Daniel, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It worked out really well, my man. I, I was excited to have you on to talk about Champ Kelly, who was just named as the assistant general manager for the Raiders. He comes over from the Bears, but now there's more Bears ties. The Raiders are interviewing Sean Desai, uh, 
Bears defensive coordinator, former Bears defensive coordinator as well. So we'll get to talk about both. But let's start with Champ Kelly. Everything I've read and seen uh, about him has been glowing reviews that this guy basically is saying is a rock star. What can you tell me about Champ Kelly, the new assistant general manager for the Raiders? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. And, yeah, this is a home run hire for the Raiders. Uh, Champ Kelly was a very important person in the Bears' front office. Um, A lot of Bears players um, were big fans of Champ Kelly. Um, Before the Bears hired Ryan Poles, uh, Kelly actually interviewed for the general manager position with the Bears. Um, He was in charge of basically everything of uh, player evaluation, scouting, free agency. Um, He was in charge of the Roquan Smith uh, pick, nice. um, Tariq Cohen. Um, so, yeah, a lot of – he was valued very high in the Bears front office. Nice. Uh, it so- sounds good. And, and everything, like I said, I've been reading, most people say, hey, this guy, he's going to be a GM in the next couple of years. So for the Raiders that didn't have an assistant GM position to go and basically make this position to bring him into the mix, that's a really good fold to, or a good, a, a good combination to add with Dave Ziegler, who they brought over from New England. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a great combination. And Kelly is very – he's a team guy, so he's going to do whatever it takes to uh, make sure the Raiders are back on top and very competitive. Um, he's not selfish. Like I said, he's a team player, and he's open to communication and opinions from other people in the front office. Um, a lot of people that worked for the Bears front office raved about Kelly as, as how he was a, a great guy, um, like I said, a team player, and very smart. He's very detailed. He does his homework, and if there's a player that he likes, he's going to go after him. Let me ask you this. Do you think that his strength would be more of player personnel as far as draft goes, or do you think it would be more of free agency, or do you think it's a combination of both? It, well, with the Bears, it was a combination of both, but a lot of the free agency um, that the Bears uh, did sign, Chem uh, Kelly was a guy that was a top guy for that, but also you know, draft, um, he went to – a lot of college football games this past season and also his time with the Bears in years before. Uh, so a lot of the draft picks that the, the Bears did make, like uh, like I said, Roquan Smith yeah. was a Champ Kelly guy. Uh, so even, I, I'm pretty sure Roquan Smith tweeted it out today, like my guy. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of Bears players um, when the report came out that Champ Kelly was interviewing for the general manager position with the Bears. A lot of Bears players wanted him to be uh, the GM. So for the Raiders to get him uh it's a it's a big time hire talking right now with daniel greenberg here on unnecessary roughness raider nation radio 920 and as i mentioned sean desai former bears defensive coordinator he's interviewing with josh mcdaniels and dave ziegler and company uh for the defensive coordinator position for the silver and black so what can you tell me about desai he also sounds like a guy who i don't want to say is a rock star but is very well liked in that chicago organization amongst the players as well Absolutely. Uh, when the Bears promoted him, uh, he's been with the Bears since 2013, so he's been through you know the worst uh, days and the good days with the Bears. Um, but when they promoted him to the defensive coordinator this past season, um, a lot of Bears players, like I said, they 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 love him. Um, he just like Champ Kelly, he's very detailed. He's very smart in what he does, um, and a lot of people gave credit for him for the way Robert Quinn played this past season, mm. um, and also Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith. He puts players in position for them to have a great year. Uh, he plays to the player's strength, and if the Raiders get, um, get Sean Desai, it's going to be another great hire for them. 
You know, I know he runs a 3-4 scheme there in Chicago, but how versatile is he? Because the Raiders traditionally run 4-3, and they have a lot of 4-3 players, which I know players can adapt. But how, how versatile do you think Desai is? Yeah, uh, he is open. Um, he has said before that he he's good with the 4-3 and 3-4 defense. Um, so it really depends on the players that the Raiders have on defense right now. And um, Like I said, he'll put the players in the best position for them to succeed either in the 4-3 or 3-4. Yeah, hey, look, putting, putting players in the best position to succeed is really all you really need to do. And, and, you know, the funny thing about it is most of the hires that the Raiders have made so far in their front office and also coaching has been, that's exactly what I've been hearing, they'll put the players into the best position, not really fit their scheme, but fit what the players do really well. Now, now I know that Vic Fangio and, and uh, Sean were really close, and Sean was basically Vic Fangio's mm-hmm. right-hand man when he was Chicago's defensive coordinator. How much do you feel like Sean learned from Vic Fangio, who, in my opinion, is a defensive mastermind? Yeah, uh, Sean decided when he got promoted to the defensive coordinator in his press conference, the first couple sentences, he thanked Vic Fangio for basically being his mentor. Uh, he always talks to Vic Fangio even uh, even though that he was with the Broncos, uh, Fangio, they always talk. Um, and Sean Desai said that he wouldn't be in the NFL right now if it wasn't for Fangio. So wow. him and Vic Fangio are very close. Um, a lot of the things that Sean Desai uh, did this past season for the Bears on defense, um, he got it from Vic Fangio. But Sean Desai also adds a lot of flavor to his defense that offense don't see on a regular basis what makes him so relatable to the players because again you mentioned multiple players that have tweeted about him i even saw you know endorse him as well what makes him so relatable and so liked by the players yeah he's really a player's coach um he does you know for him uh, i remember he had a press conference this past season you know the player he said that players are always focused about football but you know sometimes there has to be like the team bonding it's a family you know He's very detailed, uh, like I said, what he does. He makes it fun to show up to work every single day. And when the players see their coach put them in the best position to succeed, right. and you see that players get re- results. And like I said, Robert Quinn, he had a huge year this past season. And Robert Quinn, when he broke the Bears franchise record for sacks, um, he thanked Sean Desai for putting him in a great position for the way that the defense played this year. Um, he thanked Sean Desai for it. So, Sean Desai, you know, very relatable to the players. Um, he's very open. He he always says he loves over-communication. Uh, he wants players to come to his offense. You know, any problems that they have, uh, he wants to make sure he hears it so he can fix it. Nice. I like it. Again, we're talking with Daniel Greenberg here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon, back in the home studio, has got a question for you. Yeah, Daniel. Yep. I mean, with all of these Chicago Bears well, personnel players, well, personnel members coming over to the Raiders. Is there any chance, because I've seen some players online <laughs> on Twitter, you know, show their support for Champ Kelly and, you know, Sean Desai getting this interview. Do you think that maybe they can pull some Bears players over to the Raiders? Cough, cough, Khalil Mack. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting you say that because when the Bears um, interviewed Champ Kelly for the general manager position, I actually reported that several staff members and several Bears players um, went into the committee and they told him that they wanted Cham Kelly as the GM because they trust him and they love what he does. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some Bears staff that were with the team this past season, wow. joined the Raiders uh, on their coaching staff. And, you know, there are maybe players that are going to be free agents uh, this season from the Bears. 
that will join the Raiders just because of Sean Desai, uh, maybe if Sean Desai gets the job, or Cam Kelly. You know, I-, I wanted to ask you about free agency and some of the players, particularly on defense, because Sean is the defensive coordinator. I know Champ is a player personnel guy, but just on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the bar, there are a couple standout defensive players that may be available coming up this year in free agency that for one reason or the other the Bears may kind of let walk? Yeah, I mean, it really all depends on, you know, the Bears just got Ryan Poles, um, so he, the Bears just got the whole front office, a pretty new front office, so right. we're really new to what he's about to do. Um, but you know, you never know. Uh, they do their salary cap is kind of tight, so they are probably going to be cutting players or trading players. Hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But like I said, I would not be surprised if there are Bears players on this team right now that in the beginning of next season are on the Raiders just because of their relationship with Champ Cully. Wow, I like it. I really do. And a uh, final question for you, Daniel, before we let you go. I wanted to ask you about new Bears head coach uh, my, Matt Eberflus. Uh, he, he comes over from the, the Colts. He was with the Cowboys for a long time. He's a very strong defensive mind. Uh, he's a heck of a coach, I do believe. What has been the overall thoughts of Eberflus as he's taken over as the head coach position? Yeah, so it's been very interesting uh, because Bears fans just want their team to be really good. <laughs> right. So, you know, the, the press conference happened a couple of days ago, and Bears fans were just like, uh, you know, talking is over. Let's just try to make sure uh, we get some wins here. Uh, so they are hopeful um, with Ryan Poles. Obviously, Ryan Poles played for the Bears. He was an undrafted free agent and their new head coach. So they're hoping for the best. Um, but, yeah, they're done talking, Bears fans, and they just want to see the results. I know that's right. I know that's right. It sounds like Raider fans as well. The press conference over. You won the press conference. Now go win it and do it on the field. So uh, that's good stuff yep. right there. Daniel Greenberg, Shy Sports Updates. You can find him on Twitter at Shy Sports Updates. Uh, fantastic job, my man. I do appreciate you. What, what do you got coming out? You got anything that uh, uh, us Raider folks out here need to be uh, on the lookout for? Well, like I said, don't be surprised if there are some coaching staff uh, that were with the Bears this past season joining the Raiders. There you go. Sounds good. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, man. Have a good day. All right, you too. There he goes. Daniel Greenberg, Shy Sports Updates. Again, on Twitter at Shy Sports Updates. And look at DeMond. Look at DeMond. I see you there digging, man. I see you. I see you trying to bring in uh, Khalil Mack, old five deuce, trying to bring that uh, that number back to uh, to the silver and black. You can I bring see that jersey going. out of retirement. I, I, already, I think I already – no, I already got rid of mine. I don't think I have the, the Mack jerseys anymore. I think I got rid of every jersey I had that uh, for players that no longer have on the team. <laughs> Well, never mind. <laughs> right, right. I, and you know what? I, I'm telling you, after uh, after Mac got traded and uh, and Cooper got traded, not that Cooper really mattered, but once he he got traded as well, I vowed that I would never get a, a, another jersey of a player that that was actually playing. The only words, ones I was going to get after that were jerseys that were guys are already retired. So I believe that's all I have in my collection now, and he, my collection is very small. It used to be a large collection of jerseys, not so much anymore. Just a couple here and there, but uh, good stuff. Really good stuff right there from Daniel Greenberg, kind of taking us behind the scenes a little bit, talking about Champ Kelly and also Sean Desai, who is interviewing for the Raiders defensive coordinator position. And I'll tell you, I know he runs a 3-4, but, man, if he can set these players up to succeed and be in a really good position, I'm okay with that. I really am. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But I, I did see a lot of players kind of giving their support and showing their support for Sean and also Champ Kelly. So uh, I'll see and interested to see who all comes over from Chicago and makes their way to 
to Las Vegas if, in fact, that's what happens. 3.41 is the time. We're at Allegiant Stadium. Fans are starting to roll in. They're preparing for the Shrine Bowl. The game kicks off at 5 p.m. You could be here. You can get your tickets right now. ShrineBowl.com slash tickets. $19. They're as low as $19. Roll in. Check out a heck of a football game. And plus, uh, the proceeds are going to a very good cause. When we come back, speaking of the cause, Jennifer King, Washington football team assistant running back coach. She is the running back coach for the West team here uh, playing tonight at the Shrine Bowl. I got caught up with her yesterday at Media Day. You'll hear that brief conversation next on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We've been moving fast and furious here on the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. It's funny, I still laugh. When I think back at what it was like at 2 o'clock when the show started to what it's like right now and how much more calm it is than it was. Boy, we were in a bad situation at 2 o'clock. I'll tell you right now, we were in a bad situation. And, Damon, I know that people probably think that I exaggerate when I say some things sometimes, and I don't. And that's the funny thing about yeah, it. Yeah, you can do sometimes. No, I don't. No, I don't. I keep it 100. I keep it real all the time, man. I tell you how it is. And sometimes I tell it, and folks don't want to hear it, so they think it's an exaggeration. But you know, as God is my witness, I sent you a picture of our original setup at 2 o'clock. Now, you tell me what it looked like. Yeah, it looked like you was like you just basically threw your stuff down while you ran <laughs> to the bathroom or something. Like, it just looked like, yeah, you just like, all right, I got my backpack, got my little Comrex unit, got some papers, apparently, and, uh, and your rock star. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I got it pulled up. Man, I'll tell you right now, it looked like I found an outlet anywhere, and I just plugged in and said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. You know so, how you kept talking about you, the guy at the airport that's, like, using the using yeah. like the outlets? No, you look like the guy that just said, hey, watch my stuff real quick. <laughs> the guy that they say, don't let that happen to you? When they In the airport, they say, hey, if you see bags left alone, call someone or tell someone. I look like that guy. I mean, that's how bad it was. I had stuff on the floor. There was no table. There was no chairs. There was no nothing. And it was okay. We made it work. We really did. And it's so funny because if I did not get here early, and this is a great lesson, arrive where you need to be early because we barely made it on the air on time, and I was here about an hour and 15 minutes probably early. If I got here even 30 minutes early, it would have been a fail. I would have been angry. I would have been on my phone trying to do the show, and it would have sounded terrible, and we would have sounded like amateurs. But luckily, we were able to pull it off. Great work in the studio, Damon. You did a fantastic job navigating and making us sound somewhat normal, even though we definitely did not look normal. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun, man. And like I said, a lot of uh, listeners and a lot of uh, uh, fans are starting to roll in right now to Allegiant Stadium prepare for tonight's Shrine Bowl that kicks off at 5 o'clock. And one of the coaches that will be on the sideline is Jennifer King. She currently is a member of the Washington football team. She's assistant running back coach i'm not going to call them the commanders i think that that's a dumb name i'm just going to come out and tell you i think that's a dumb name i don't like the washington football team commander or washington commanders whatever you want to call them so i'm going to stick with the washington football team i like that name and that's just who they're going to they're like some white uh air force ones to me some clean white nikes that's all i'm going to you know it's just i don't need it to be fancy it could be simple for me Washington football team. She's assistant running back coach. She's actually the running back coach for the West team tonight. And so I had a chance to catch up with her yesterday at the Shrine Bowl Media Day. 
I'm here at Allegiant Stadium with uh, Washington Washington football team. Not Washington football team anymore. Washington Commanders now <laughs> running back coach uh, Jennifer King. And Jennifer, how are you enjoying this? Uh, it's been a great experience, you know, to work with these college athletes and to, to meet coaches from around the league that I didn't know. So it's been a great week for me. It really has. And I got to ask you, I mentioned the, uh, the Washington Commanders. Now that we're getting out of the, the hustle right here, there's a little shuffle going on. But uh, how do you like that name? It's a new name unveiled today, Washington Commanders. Yeah, it's fine with me. I mean, my, my job is to put the best product on the field. So I wouldn't really caught up with the name change. I do like the uniforms. I think they look good. Yeah, yeah, they look clean, no doubt about it. And, and talking about the best product on the field, there is a lot of really good athletes here at the Shrine Bowl. And so just the whole experience working with them this week, what have you learned not only about the players but yourself? Uh, I mean, it's been great to have a you know my own room, so to lead that and just kind of carry what I've learned from Randy Jordan, you know, who I work with in D.C., carried over into uh, the meeting rooms here. But the guys are great. It's also um, great to get to know those guys, you know, as we start our draft process. Right, and, and that's the thing about it. There's so many players here that want to take their game to the next level and, and play on Sundays, Monday, Thursdays. Uh, how much are they taking away from these practices? Not not necessarily the game, but the practices. Uh, hopefully a lot, you know. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, they've been very receptive to the, the offense that we put in. They've done a great job of Justin, so um, I think these guys will be fine at the next level. Is this as much fun as it, uh, here being in Las Vegas as it was the first time you were here earlier this year? <laughs> I hope I leave as happy as I did last time, right, you know, with the walk-off field goal, but right. um, I mean, it's been a great great week for us, and you know, I'm, I'm glad I came. And the Shrine Bowl, I mean, we see all the kids out here having a good time, interacting with the players and coaches and everything. What does it mean to you to be able to see all this and, and see how happy these young kids are? Uh, it's awesome. You know, it's so, it's so cool what the Shriners do uh, around the country for kids, and um, you know, I was able to play actually play in the East-West game like back in high school with the nice. Shriners. So, um, but you know, I'm definitely glad to be here, and I think the kids out here, I mean, they're having the ball, and it's so great to be able to interact with them. Well, for anyone listening that's about to go buy their ticket to come here on Thursday and see the game, what are they in store for? Uh, I mean, it's gonna be fun. You know, I think it's gonna be a lot of a lot of points scored, and um, you know, we're gonna air it out a little bit. We'll run the ball a little bit, so um, I'm excited. I think it'll be fun for the fans to watch. No doubt about it. And again, this opportunity for you to be able to have your own room, like you mentioned, is is a really big deal and so uh, how much have you learned again about the game and just all these players while you're here uh it's been great you know they've been very receptive and uh you know they have a lot of questions which is good about the process and how we do things in the league so um you know i'm excited to see them play on thursday and you know, it was great to get to know them as well you know i was gonna ask you if you think you can make a running back out of me but i ran across a couple of some of these running backs and i realized <laughs> you can't make no running back out of me <laughs> but i do appreciate you no doubt man thank you there she goes right there, Jennifer King, Washington football team, assistant running back coach, and she's got her own room. You heard her right there. She's got her own room, the running back room, and what a great opportunity. You know, that's the other thing about this, and I appreciate you. These uh, all-star events are for the players, obviously, because they want to get to the next level, but they're also for the coaches, the coaches that get an opportunity to be the lead coach. Like, she's an assistant in Washington. She is the coach here in Vegas this evening. I mean, that's just a great opportunity for her. Uh, she's striving to, to really, you know, get her, her coaching uh, underway in the league. And she's, she, you heard her say she works with Randy Jordan, former Raider running back Randy Jordan. Uh, I thought that that was pretty cool. So uh, just I love the opportunities at all these showcases. It's similar to Summer League. You know, when I first got here in July, there was a summer league action was going on. Myself and Little Q, we went there, and I was able to broadcast there. And there's, there's coaches like Becky Hammond, who's now the Aces head, head basketball coach. Uh, you know, she had an opportunity to coach the, the Spurs summer league team, and that helps develop these coaches as well. So it's not just the players. It's also the coaching. So uh, the, these kind of things, man, are really cool showcases. And for us to know that all of these different events are happening right here in our own backyard, we'd be crazy not to be all over it. Now, I'll tell you. Straight up, there's some that don't want to be all over it. I am not one of them. I want to be all over 
everything. And another guy who loves to be all over everything and at all these other events and covering uh, all these sporting events, uh, just like I said, like a glove, is our own Vinny Bonsignor who does In the Huddle coming up uh, at 4 o'clock. As a matter of fact, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I know he's in the home studio. And, Vinny, man, how cool are these events for not only the players but the coaches, just everyone involved, these all-star showcases. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because even over at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, Deuce Staley, the running backs coach of the Detroit Lions, is actually being basically the head coach uh, of one of the teams um, because the Lions staff has – um, you know, one of those uh, north-south, I forget how they do it, but right. Staley's basically been running the practices. And you know what? That's a great opportunity and stage for him um, because guess who's out on the field at all those practices? General managers, yep. player personnel directors, you know, people that make decisions and you don't think that they're keeping an eye on Deuce Daly to say, hey, wow, wow, I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm seeing. Um, so it's a great exercise for him and a great opportunity and then stage. And a lot of these, exactly what you just mentioned, the Summer League used to be in Los Angeles, yeah. the NBA Summer League, for years and years and years. And you would see every, you, you literally see head coaches nowadays, now in the NBA, that were young, up-and-coming assistants, um, running teams, whether they were, you know, the college, all, either the, you know, just free agent teams, right. uh, NBA teams would, would let their assistant coaches or sometimes their, their lowest assistant coach coach their summer league team while the head, you know, everybody in the, with the bigger staff would be in the stands watching. So, yes, there's no doubt that these are important, not just for the players, but coaches, executives, trainers, the whole nine yards. It's a great uh, opportunity. It really is, man, and that's why I love to be a part of it. Uh, I feel like, you know, even when I was in Central Texas and, and we had one crew at our radio station that covered Baylor like a glove, uh, that's D1 football, right? Well, there was another school there, uh, Mary Harden Baylor, that was right. a D3 football team, and I went and said, hey, I'm going to own them because I wanted to. I just wanted to get the practice in, this, you know, the skins on the wall of being able to cover a team like a glove and, and get into the media sessions and talk. And so then when I got the opportunity to go up to the D1 level, boom, that's where I was and now being here in Vegas being able to cover an NFL team as closely as we do I mean that's just progression and that's that's what these all-star things are about and obviously Vinny well, there's been a lot of discussions about head coaches in the league and who's a head coach and why they're not head coaches <laughs> these kind of events are where you can really kind of get your, your 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 name made you know not only just what you do as an assistant during the regular season but how you run a team uh, when you have these opportunities like they're having out here. No doubt about it. And back in my day, I covered Cal Lutheran University football, which there is you where go. the Raiders yes. practice, or the Rams practice now. Yeah. And there was a guy on the team, all right, and um, lost track of him. Da, 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 da. Next thing you know, Tom Herman's the coach at uh, wow. University of Houston. He yep. played at Cal Lutheran University. And what you learn also, Q, uh, and I'm sure you experienced this uh, at the D3 level school that you um, you know covered uh, back in Texas – Everybody cares just as much. Yep. I don't care if you're the in the NFL, Division Three, Junior yep. College, whatever it is, those coaches, those trainers, those staff, um, they care about it just as much. And for me in the media, I I took that as seriously as I was covering the Lakers, you yep. know, that, that assignment. And you have, to, you whatever, have to. Wherever you are in life, whatever stage you are in life, in your progression, in that ladder that you're climbing, and we all are climbing a ladder to this day. To this day. You yep. have to take every step as seriously as you took the last and as serious as you want to take the next. No doubt. No doubt. That was great words of wisdom right there. Anyone listening, take you need to take that in and soak it in and just realize you're always climbing that ladder. Now, Vinny, before I pass the sticks on to you for in the 
huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. I wanted to ask you, Champ Kelly was hired as the assistant GM uh, on Wednesday. That was a big deal. And now the Raiders are interviewing Sean Desai, former Bears defensive coordinator. Uh, how big of a deal would that be, in your opinion, if they do hire him as a D.C.? Yeah, I think it would be a big deal. This is a young and up-and-coming coach who, because of circumstance with the Chicago Bears, because they switched staffs, kind of like how Gus Bradley got to the Raiders. He, right. got, he was part of a crew that got fired in, in Los Angeles. So now a, 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 a good young defensive coordinator is out on the uh, open market and now potentially the next Raiders defensive coordinator. Don't know if it's, it's uh, you know, officially going to head down that path. Right. But the fact that, you know, he's in the mix, uh, bright young coach, a lot to like about uh, in his past. I know the Bears defense queue wasn't all that great last year, but, you know, Khalil Mack played not, uh, six games last year, right? Seven games. Yep. Akeem, um, help me out with his last name. The defensive tackle I just oh uh, Hicks. But, yes, Akeem Hicks played I think ten games last year or right. nine games last yep. year. So there were a lot of injuries of their eleven um, so- starters going into last year. Only two played a full season. Uh, they were wow. just ravaged with injuries. So you, so take some of those numbers and put them and keep them in perspective. Uh, this guy has a bright future and is somebody that I know uh, other teams in the NFL covet. So if he is the guy that the Raiders uh, end up hiring, it'll be for good reason. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I, I look forward to seeing exactly what direction Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, and now Champ Kelly also will go with the staff and everyone else that they put into the front office. Well, Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. I'm here at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, kickoff for the Shriners Bowl is uh, 5 p.m. Excuse me, 5 p.m. Uh, you can still get your tickets, $19, as low as $19. Come enjoy a game at Allegiant Stadium. Hang out and see some players that you're going to see on Sundays play here on Thursday. So uh, that's going to do it for me. Vinny's up next. I'm out of here. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week really strong. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.